Well, good morning, Delaware County. As you may notice, this is not George Needham or Nicole Fowles. What? I know. Instead, you've got Molly Myers Labady, Deputy Director, and Karen Cowan, President of the Friends. How it about seems, that? you know, Nicole and George turned their back for a second, and we have taken over. They're all looking for <laughs> Easter eggs. Yes. Yes. I hope they find some. And bring back some for us, too. A little chocolate, at least, you yeah. think. If that they have Reese's good. Cups in them, I'm done. I know. Oh. So what I'm excited about, though, this morning is that today we're going to have the author, William Kent Kruger, on our show. We have been, the friends have been trying to bring this gentleman to Delaware for like three or four years. And finally, I mean, first we, we had booked him, and then... He was, I think, doing research for one of his books, so he couldn't come. And then COVID hit, and we've been talking to him, and he's just the nicest man and one of the best authors that um, that I've read. I, we're just really excited to bring him to Delaware. I've been having a lot of fun reading a lot of his interviews as we've been yeah. getting ready for this, yeah. too. And I've been reading his book, Ordinary Grace. That was the one that's on hold at the library That's for the one me. you're waiting yep. for? Okay, yep. I'll try yep. not to give too many spoilers, but I... His characters are amazing. I yes. cannot wait. So we're just waiting for him to, he's joined us on the line. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I am great. How are you today? Um, it's chilly in, in St. Paul, Minnesota, oh, man. Uh, but at least the sun is out. <laughs> we're hoping here in Ohio to get up to 70, so. Oh, are you serious? Yes. Well, I'm moving back to Ohio. <laughs> Please do. Love to have you. Has the snow melted yet? There are pot. We just got a dusting again last night. Oh, goodness. Uh, somebody needs to get it. Yes. <laughs> As they say, April snow showers. Spring rain <laughs> flowers. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Something's going to happen for you, I think, eventually. <laughs> In Ohio, don't worry. We're probably going to have another three snows before yeah, we probably. actually get like right. the heat of summer. Right. And, you know, today may be our only spring day. Yeah. Not <laughs> to mention tornadoes and rain. But yes. other than that, we're good. Right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so we are so excited to have you here today. <gasps> yes. And we can't wait for your event coming up here at the library. Um, and so we had a few questions, if you don't mind, we'd love to ask you. Sure. Fire away. Okay. Well, all of your books, I mean, you've got, most of your books are about Cork O'Connor, um, and then you've got three that aren't. Um, so talk about the Cork O'Connor series and how you got started with that, and then why you deviated from that for the, for the books that aren't about, about Cork. Sure. Uh, for anyone not familiar with my Cork O'Connor series, um, those stories are set in the great north woods of Minnesota, way up north. My protagonist in that series, Cork O'Connor, is the former sheriff of the fictional Tamarack County, Minnesota. He's a man of mixed heritage. He's part Irish-American, and he's part Ojibwe, Anishinaabe, which is the largest tribal affiliation we have in northern Minnesota. Uh, because of uh, that mixture in his heritage, and, and largely because of the area in which I've chosen to set my work, a lot of the stories in that series come from issues that that rise out of the interface of the two cultures, white and Ojibwe. 
Uh, so I've written about um, Indian gaming casinos and the effect that that's had both on the Ojibwe and the surrounding white population. I've written about, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> well, the ongoing battle we have here in Minnesota over hunting and fishing treaty rights. I've uh-huh. written about <laughs> the influx of the drug and the gang cultures on the reservation. Always at some level in my work, I, I deal with the whole question of racial prejudice. There are currently 18 books in that series. Number 19 comes out at the end of uh, the summer. Uh, so the Cork O'Connor series, have, that my New York Times best-selling Cork O'Connor series, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> has been my bread and butter for a very long time. But uh, in 2013, I published a standalone novel called Ordinary Grace that broke me out to a much broader audience. Which and I that, am reading and loving. <laughs> oh, good, good. Well, it's a very special story for me. And I, I got to tell you, you know, I spent uh, my adolescence in Ohio. Um, yes. I spent, yeah, I spent a year in Worthington. Oh, lovely. Uh, yeah, and uh, then a couple of years in the in the Lima area. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm a firm believer that that the Midwest sets a hook in your heart, and it always pulls you back. Uh, so when I wrote. Ordinary Grace, I wanted to set it in southern Minnesota, which is very similar to much of the Midwest, and particularly to Ohio in terms of its agrarian beauty. So when I was writing uh, Ordinary Grace, I was really harking back in large measure to my time in Ohio. You know, I can really feel that as I'm reading it. I mean, one of the things as I'm reading um, Ordinary Grace, for sure, I'm, I'm really impressed in how well you're writing the child's character in that. Um, I was a children's librarian before I was a, um, a deputy director, and I have to say one of the things that has impressed me is, you know, when I was a kid, I was a district, my dad was the district attorney, and I often bonded with these preacher's kids. And there's just sort of a reality to some things that they, they accept really well. And the, you know, early story when, you know, you open up really early with a murder, you did such a great job of being able to capture, you know, this kid wasn't devastated. These these kids were curious. It was sad, but you know, you got a really good balance of how children deal with these things. And you know, I don't know if you that came from experience or you know where that came from, but it's one of those things that um, you you wrote. I don't know how you how did you approach writing Frank's voice? As I get to the question there, how did you approach that? I knew I had a question in there. <laughs> well. Um... Uh, one of the things I was looking for in the writing of Ordinary Grace was a story that would allow me to go back and recall an important period in my, my own life. The summer I was 13 years old, for a lot of reasons across the entire course of my life, I vividly remember the summer I was 13. And I wanted to go back and recall it and evoke it in such a way that I could use bits and pieces of my own life, my own memory, my own perceptions to create the story. So the Drum family at the heart of that book, that's pretty much my family. Uh, the uh, the town of New Bremen is so like the small Midwestern towns, the Ohio towns, really, where I, mm-hmm. uh, I spent my adolescence. Um, and in terms of the, the voice of the narrator, 13-year-old Frank Drum, I'm a firm believer that men never really mature much past <laughs> their adolescence. <laughs> so it was pretty easy for me to capture his voice. You, you know, you get the... me in trouble all the time with my husband when I tell him that. <laughs> I mean, you have the twelve-year-old Cork O'Connor um, in Lightning Strike as as the main character, and and it shows again his some something that happened to him in his formative year that took him to the rest of his life. So um, 
yeah, that adolescence tends to be something that sticks with you for your entire life. Yeah, I wrote uh, my last, really my last three novels, uh, or three of the last important novels that I've written, were all from uh, the perspective of an adolescent male. So there was Ordinary Grace. That was followed by what I consider to be its companion novel, a book called This Tender Land. Mm -hmm. And then last year, uh, Lightning Strike, Mm -hmm. all from the perspective of an adolescent male. And, um, boy, I had a wonderful time writing all of those those books. But my next book will will not be from an adolescent perspective. (laughs) So the books, especially the Clark O'Connor series, you do such a great job with the Indian and Ojibwe culture and the rights and the things that they do that we, a lot of us, have no idea. How do you get that information and how do you make sure that it's true to what they really believe and what they really do? Well, I have a lot of friends in the Native community now um, who, whenever I have a manuscript ready to go, uh, I will usually have at least one, usually two, of my Ojibwe friends read and vet the manuscript. So I haven't said anything that's really stupid or even worse, offensive. Um, I, my shelves are filled with books on uh, not just Ojibwe, uh, the Ojibwe culture, but uh, Native cultures here in, the, in North America in general. Um, I'm always checking in with Indian Country Online just to see what kinds of issues are going on and, and what what folks in the Native community are talking about. So I do my best to get it right. That said, uh, you know, I'm a white guy. I have no Native blood mm-hmm. in me whatsoever, so I'm always painfully aware when I write a Cork O'Connor novel that I'm trespassing on a culture not my own, and I do my best to get it right. But I always tell readers... If you want a true Native perspective, read a Native author. Don't read a white guy. (laughs) And you did study anthropology, am I correct? Yeah, I was a cultural anthropology major in college. Very cool. Now we have time for about one more question. So, of course, my mind wants to know, what are you working on next? Well, the next book of my Cork O'Connor series is uh, finished and ready to go. It will be published in... Uh, August, this coming August, and I am wrapping up what I hope to be the uh, my final revisions to the next standalone novel, a uh, book called Alabaster, that will probably be released the following fall, the fall of 2023. So wow. you've been busy. Wow. You know, the pandemic uh, um, created such chaos for so many people. I feel a little guilty that it turned out for me to be one of the most productive periods I've gone through in a very long time. Yeah. You know, I'm finding it is something different for everyone. You know, we all went through these unique experiences together separately. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, well, it has been such an honor to get to talk to you today. And we are so looking forward to you coming to Delaware and I know that you're going to be doing a little touring of some of your places that you lived in Worthington and um, and we're having lunch. Uh, we are just really excited. We've been waiting for this for like three or four years. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> this is very cool. <laughs> we are well, really excited. Yeah, Fair I'm, I'm pretty stoked, too. I'm looking forward to it very much. Excellent. Thanks. Excellent. Thank you so much. And it's now been a I pleasure. We're, we're going to have to head to our commercial break. <laughs> 
Well, welcome back, everyone. Now we're going to get down to one of our favorite things to do, talk about books. Talk about books. Karen, what are you reading? Um, Gee, we just had William Ken Kruger on. And uh, <laughs> guess what I'm reading? A William Ken Kruger book. I think that's a fabulous idea. I so, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you who do not know William Ken Kruger, you need to. Um, the one I'm going to talk about is Lightning Strikes. That's his 18th book in the Cork O'Connor series. If you like mysteries, this is he's really good. And the 18 books are the Cork O'Connor series are all mystery books. But being the 18th book, it is the book that starts. Um, that's the it's the prequel of the Cork O'Connor series. So we look at Cork O'Connor as a 12 year old rather than as a sheriff in um, in Minnesota. Um, the 12-year-old in Cork and his friends are going on a camping trip for a Boy Scout badge. And they're walking in the um, by the Boundary Waters in Upper Minnesota. And they happen across, they're at one of the Indian, one of the uh, Native American Indians' um, sacred sites, walk on and happen to see a gentleman hanging from a tree. And it's Big John, and Big John has been hanging oh, from man. this tree for probably three or four days. And so um, Cork O'Connor's father was the sheriff. So they go and they find the sheriff and they get the people. And um, everybody says it was suicide because Big John at one point had been an alcoholic, but he was recovering. And um, so they just thought he went off the wagon, something happened and he hung himself. But Cork and his friends have decided that maybe that really wasn't the story. And so Cork in, encourages his dad to keep investigating and to find the truth. And he and his friends also decide that they're going to do some investigating with his father's permission. It wasn't like they were doing something that, you know, his dad didn't know about. But they tend to find a whole lot of things that go on with this, um, what they end up finding. With, well, I won't, but I'll tell you what they end up finding. But they end up finding a whole lot of things that help um, go to the plot of this book. In addition to the suicide, there's a young lady who dies. And so these all get wrapped into this really, really good mystery. And if you haven't, again, Kent Kruger does a really good job of wrapping his mysteries into this blanket of Indian culture. And you really feel like you are there and that you're in the sweat lodge when they do their sweats and that you are with um, Cork's grandmother as she's doing some mixing some medicine or she's trying to tell Cork you need to learn how to speak the language because the language is dying you need to learn our cultures because the culture is dying um he's there's some very familiar characters like Cork's grandmother like um Henry um I forget his last name but he's the medicine he's he's not a medicine man there's another name for it but he acts as the guide and the seer and the culture keeper. He's the one that sets up the uh, sweat lodge, and he's the one that tells people to find the truths and to look beyond, and just a really, really His books neat are guy. so hard to put uh, down. Uh, it's one of the, this is one of those books you're going to read all, all day and all night till you get it done. As I've been prepping for this, I find myself sitting in my car. That, that moment, too, where you're like, if I wait three more minutes, am yeah. I going to be late yep. to that meeting? yep. And yep. is it worth it to yep. be late to and that meeting? And it's always worth it. Always worth yeah, it. Yeah, it's always worth it. <laughs> Lightning strikes. He'll be talking about it when he comes to visit us. But um, just get into his series. He's really a New York Times bestseller, and there's a reason.
Well, of course, I'm going to have to take us a different direction. Of course. Good idea, I'm going to have to take (laughs) us to one of my new favorite books because I was in the mood for a brainless book. Now, you guys know I love Outlander. I've maybe mentioned the book a few times when I've been on the show. But, of course, I had run out of Outlander books. So there's a great book by an author named Casey Dyer called Finding Frasier. Now, Outlander fans, this is not to carry you on through the show. This is not the science and the thought and the... (laughs) What is it? This is just ridiculous fun. So it takes the character of Emma. Emma gets fired from her job. Her boyfriend breaks up with her. And she decides that, you know what? I'm going to follow my favorite book, Outlander. I am going to sell everything I own. I'm going to jump on a plane to Scotland. I am going to fly to Scotland. And I'm going to find my Jamie Frazier. Of course. But Emma is a bit like me, I think. She's hapless. Everything she does goes wrong. She meets, you know, herself, as we refer to Diana Gabaldon as fans, and blows it. Totally embarrassing. Won't even tell you in the book what she said. She meets a lot of people and it's disastrous. Manages to have all of her belongings stolen, you know, but her adventure to and in Scotland makes you kind of want to run away. I had a moment where I was like, I, I mean, I found my Jamie Fraser and all, but maybe I just need to run away to Scotland. There you go. Maybe I just need to get on a plane. So Finding Fraser by Casey Dyer. Highly suggest if you're looking for something, you're not going to have to think at all, and you don't even have to have read Outlander to get it. That's my kind of book. It is a fantastic (laughs) way to do it. Now we have a few minutes left. Would you like to talk, Karen, a little bit about what the Friends have coming up today? I would love to talk about what the Friends. Um, If you haven't heard yet, William Kent Kruger is coming to town. (laughs) Maybe a small mention somewhere. Somebody maybe Um, have mentioned that. April 27th, um, he's going to be at the Barnett Stratford. Tickets are still available. Not many. Um, on Eventbrite, and we're also having a lunch with him. And so, if you want an up close experience, he's going. The a book comes with the price of admission. He will sign your book. He will be at lunch. He will sit at each table and he will talk to people. He's just a delightful gentleman. Um, so, if you want to do lunch with him, also go to Eventbrite.com. In addition, we are going to be at the Powell Market on May 1st, and we're going to be selling children's books. So come visit us at the Powell Market. And then our big book sale that goes along with the Delaware Art Festival is going to be May 13th and 14th at the Delaware Library. So we've been pretty busy. And those book sales go like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. You have the best books in those collections. Yes. Come early, come often, and um, bring your friends of the library bags. And if you don't have those, we will get you some we will sell you some when you come maybe start lifting now to get ready to you know have the strength to carry all those books out and you know what else i found one of the things people are using our books for is to decorate their house like one lady came and she wanted only yellow colors covers and then the next time she came back she wanted blue because they went well in her library (laughs) librarians i still have an alphabetical collection which my husband does make fun of on a regular (laughs) basis and in my bookshelves but you know his are organized by marvel genre ah and let me tell you, do not alphabetize Detective Batman unless it's in with the other ah. Batmans or you're in you're in big trouble. I could do colors much better. I can't do all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to number or name a couple of things we have upcoming here at the Delaware Libraries. Um, we have two really great online programs coming up. Tuesday, April 19th, we have a program called Parents Stay Positive. It's going to be an online class. We do need registration, but you can do that um, online with us. It's with our wonderful partner, Sentero. They're going to talk about how to get more of the behavior that you want and less of the behavior you don't. 
So I know even with my nieces and nephews, I could probably use that. I probably should quit giving them caffeine. My oldest is not quite 50. Could I use it on him? Yeah, why not? Okay, <laughs> I'll sign up. <laughs> I don't see why not. So actually, I have talked to a, a few of the parents on our staff who've gone to those, and they could not say nicer things. Parenting's hard. Why not yes. get a little bit of help? And yes. there's so much... You know, advice out there from people who don't know. Ants like me, please don't take my parenting advice. I have a cat. And Lloyd told me that I'm not allowed to say I'm raising him because I'm not. He is a full-grown man. Um, so don't take advice from me. Go to the experts at Sintero. They, they're they there to support and help you. And this is going to be a great program for parents. Um, we also have a resume, resume reboot workshop coming up. That's also going to be online on April 21st from 5 to 6. Um, it's presented by Ashley Watkins and we'll cover the three key areas to help reboot your resume and get it right the first time. Very cool. So, you know, all of us can use a little help with our resumes. Mine, it's been years. I know I'm not writing one right now. Let me be clear on that one. Um, but if I were, I would, I always go to the sources of people who do this well. So just know, uh, there's a registration for that one online on the DelawareLibrary.org. Um, website. So we hope to see you at all of those. And, you know, what a great show we've done. Look, Nicole and George can leave. Yes. I mean, maybe we'll send them away again. Maybe no. we will. <laughs> yes. And we'll just go crazy next yes. time. Yeah. We were given a Fine little script to go with. Um, so I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks at the library. It's going to be exciting. We do have, keep an eye out at the library, we have construction coming. Um, so we are going to have in May a couple of our branches closed for a week. Keep an eye on our website. We're going to be talking about that. Um, we've got to redo our parking lots. Ah. So that's kind of a big thing when you got to kind of get in there. So um, keep an eye out because we don't want anybody to be surprised on that one when it is here. But I can't wait for the next book sale. I've got my, that's, that's... my plans there. That's very cool. And um, don't forget to drive by the New Liberty Library and see how the construction is going over there. Oh, and it is going well. I just did a tour last week. And yes. you can see the Friends Room. It's going to be enormous. And, I think we're going to make you very happy. And we're looking to do our fundraiser for the Makers Studio at the yes. New Liberty Library. So there'll be more information about that. And if somebody's curious, how would they contact you, Karen? Contact me at president at DelawareLibraryFriends.org. Or go to our website, um, DelawareLibraryFriends.org, and you can get some information. And um, there's a button there to send us some emails. So absolutely, contact me about book sales, about the fundraiser, um, or about becoming part of the Friends. We always need volunteers. We um, are looking to have some volunteers help us with book sales. Always need volunteers to help us with fundraising. We have some really cool programs. So just come get uh, involved with us. We're a fun group. And um, we do really, we hope that we do really good things for the library. Well, Karen, thank you for ad hoc hosting with me. Thank you. And thank you all for being on the radio with us. And you know what? We'll see you in the stacks.